excellent day for an exorcism. I understand, all right. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Hey there everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Horror Crypt Podcast, episode number 122. And today we're going to be adventuring all the way back to the year 1980. In actual fact, we're going to go March 28th, 1980. This movie runs for 92 minutes. The budget for this movie, don't think this is one of those greatest movies ever. <laughs> the budget for this movie was $250,000. And uh, what movie are we going to be doing today? We are going to be doing a movie called Don't Go In The House. Now... This one is free on YouTube. You can go and look at it. It's, you know, ad-free and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't have subtitles. So it's it's, it's okay to watch. Um, just don't expect a whole lot of this movie. Now, the trailer of this movie actually sucked me in. Because I thought it actually looked pretty good. And when you look at this movie, it's very much... it's They've actually said this movie is on the same lines as Psycho. Except that with Psycho, it doesn't tell you who the killer is. This one tells you immediately, so there's really no guessing of this movie. There's a lot of the movie that actually does slow down to a, a degree, um, certainly when Donald is talking to the dead people that he's got in his house, but, you know, we'll definitely get to that point of the, of the movie. But, uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to say to you that this is a movie that you'll want to revisit time and time again. If you want to go and see it, it is, yeah, it is an interesting movie. It is an interesting premise, but it's nothing that I would ride home about and say it was the greatest movie ever. Its plot basically follows a disturbed man who, after suffering an abusive childhood in which his mother punishing, punishes him by burning him, becomes a pyromaniac and a serial killer who kidnaps and burns alive any women who resembles her, which is really interesting how that, that plays along because there's a couple of people that he burns alive and it's, you don't really think that he actually looks very much like his mother, but you know, we'll, go, we'll go with that one. Um, now, it was met with sharp criticism from film critics due to its graphic depiction of violence, particularly a sequence in which the, the protagonist, which is Donald, burns a nude woman alive with a flamethrower. That is pretty intense. Um, so much so that he actually goes out and gets a fire retardant um, suit to actually stand there and do it. So, And he's even encased one of his rooms in steel. So that's the room that he, he burns these people alive. I don't know exactly what the reason is. Um, it's never fully explained. I mean, you know, I know that he does this and he keeps them in his room, like in a, in a separate bedroom to talk to them. But there's really no, you know, I mean, okay, he was burnt as a kid. So there, I guess there is that that situation where he wants to inflict as much pain as he felt on the rest of the world or on, on these women. But it really doesn't explain to you, you know, okay, he's going to do that. But what's the reason? Like, is every person that he burns, is that bringing him a little bit closer to like satisfaction i don't know it's it's very disjointed movie but you know it is an interesting 92 minutes of watching as i said it will slow down there will be times you'll sit there and go yeah i mean look they say that it actually is um a psych psychological horror film and it is because he is fucking nuts this guy um but you know, I mean, he's very, very, because he's grown up in a very sheltered environment, he doesn't have a lot of social skills, so much so that he goes to a nightclub, um, 
dressing like he thinks everyone um, is dressing, but he's completely just not looking the way that everybody else does. He's very, very shy. He's very, very, you know, reserved. And I don't know, that's definitely part of his psychological makeup with regards to what his mother has done to him over the years. But uh, we'll certainly go through the movie um, step by step. It's an interesting, as I said, 92 minutes of, of watching. Now, if you want to get in contact with me and if there are any movies that you'd like me to do, Please suggest some movies. I don't, you know, like I'm trying to find movies that I enjoy to watch. Um, I have actually gone and looked at uh, at uh, Wolf Creek Part 2. I've started watching that movie. I don't know. So far for me, it's violent for violence sake. I don't know. I'm just hoping it's, um, it's going to be good. But it seems to be the same storyline as number one is. So I don't know how different this one's going to be. But look, you know, I'm always on the lookout for movies that I've never, ever seen before. And I know you guys in my horror community absolutely love certain horror movies. And please reach out to me, horrorcrypt2022. That is the number 2022 at gmail.com. Give me some ideas, guys. I'd love to do any movie that you guys recommend. And look, if you want to join um, our conversation on Facebook, it's Horror Crypt Podcast or the Horror Crypt Cafe. So you can join me at, at any one of those. But look, you know, as I said, if you've got any movies that you'd like me to do or any suggestions of me to, to watch movies, please, by all means, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you guys because you guys, I know, are coming back week after week after week listening to my podcast so it really is humbling that you guys keep coming back and i know you guys have got good ideas for horror movies for me to watch so reach out to me that is your mission in life reach out to me at horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com and give me some suggestions before we get started on this podcast we need to listen to the trailer so sit back and relax because here is the trailer to don't go in the house in this house 25 years ago a child was given life donald Come here. He was raised in isolation. You're a bad boy. Instructed in fear. You're evil and you must be punished. Imprisoned by a tormented mind. Your father let you do things like that, but he's gone now. And baptized in flames. Now he has come of age. His suffering has ended. And ours is about to begin. You hear that, old lady? I'll punish you again! If you would be spared from the fury of his vengeance, <laughs> whatever you do, don't go in the house. Suzanne! Corridor by corridor, he lures you inward towards insanity. Stairway by stairway, he draws you closer to madness. Oh, God! <laughs> And soon, he'll share the terrifying secret behind this door, in the Room of Steel. Help me! Oh. Don't go in the house if you value your sanity. Don't go in the house if you believe in evil. Don't make me do anything bad, Mother. Don't go in the house, because the people who live there aren't people anymore. Don't go in the house. But if you do, don't say we didn't warn you. Don't go in the house. Now, I know what some of you are saying. Well, that sounds interesting. I don't really need to watch this movie anymore. And I certainly think that 1979 slash 1980 
uh, maybe we were more terrified back then. I don't know. I can't remember. But it seems to me that uh, this movie is, is definitely on the same lines as Psycho. And that's certainly what IMDb has said, is that they have really tried to play on the Psycho element. So much so, unfortunately, that they really missed very, very wide of the mark. Because, as I said, they show you immediately who the killer is to Psycho being they wait to the very, very last moment to show you who the who the you know who the killer is. So certainly you've got two poles apart actor uh, sorry, not actors, directors that are certainly showing you how it should be done to how it's not done. And unfortunately the guy who did this one um yeah really missed short of the mark. So we certainly see the opening of this movie, we see this guy by the name of Donnie Cole and he's very withdrawn. He's in his 30s, and he works at a um, a factory job, and he works in, as in, where an incinerator is, and he's part of the part of the foreman team there, where he's monitoring this this machine. However, however, unfortunately, as we're seeing at the beginning of this movie, he's not really paying attention all that much because he's got another colleague who's working with him, and unfortunately, when he goes to the other colleague, goes to open the where the incinerator is it backfires on him and it engulfs this guy in flames now donnie does do absolutely nothing he literally just stands there and you've got other work people come in other colleagues come in to try and smother this guy with with you know with the fire retardant blankets to try and stop him from from burning alive so it really sees that he's not overly um you know he, he doesn't react like you and i would he you know that you would jump on the guy to help him and to save his life he doesn't do that so much so that when he goes into the to the room to obviously get changed to go home, the foreman comes in and really get, lets him have it as if just, you know, and he really says to him, you know, you know, the guy was standing right next to you, you did nothing, you, what, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, well, I didn't know what to do. And he's like, what do you mean you didn't know what to do? You've got to just throw in a blanket over him. The fire blanket's right there, you just throw it over him and, and you know, help him out. And Donnie really doesn't have the, the sixth sense to think to himself, you know, on his feet. He's like, oh, just stay away from me, leave me alone you know don't don't bother me you know it wasn't my fault so much so that he just, he he walks out of the um the factory heading home and one of his other work colleagues comes over to him and says look you know it, it wasn't your fault you know you were just standing there you didn't react like we did and and, and you know donnie is like well, it's not my fault you know that guy's saying that it was but i, I didn't know what to do and he's like hey, it's okay it's all right it's fine don't worry about it you know go home it's it's, it's okay and he's like you know that guy's pushing me around he's like i know he's the foreman he's doing his job i know he's pushing you around but look you know don't get into it with him just let you know, just leave it go um just go home and his friend is re is really really um supportive of him you know he, everyone can see how donnie is but his friend is really on Donnie's side, trying to explain to him that, okay, what you did was wrong. You didn't help him out, but it's okay because, you know, you didn't know what to do. You were terrified in that moment. Just, it's all right. So we see that Donnie heads home and... Um we see that one of the first things he does when he gets home is he has to make tea for his mother. And his mother is up in the bedroom. Now, as you can say, you know, like he, she's up in her bedroom. Now, you can sort of sit there and say, oh, right, so, psycho, we've got Norman Bates has come home and he's attending to his mother. Well, this is Donnie. Donnie comes home and calls up to his mother and says, I'll bring you up your tea, mother, you know, in a moment. And he goes, gets all the stuff ready, goes up into, and up into her bedroom and, you know, says to her, you know, I'm sorry I'm late home, mother. I was running late from work, but here is your tea. And finds out, unfortunately, that his elderly mother, who he does share the house with, unfortunately, she has died in the upstairs bedroom. And, of course, now this spurs uh, a mixed emotion with Donnie. He initially, it was initial excitement because he doesn't seem to be allowed to do anything. He's not allowed to play 
his music very loud. He's not allowed to be. It seems like you know her dying has opened Pandora's box of him being a child again. Because you see that he jumps onto his bed and jumps up and down on his bed. He runs through the house. He turns music on very very loud. He goes downstairs and lights a cigarette and starts to smoke it in the living room. So you can see that the the way that his mother is controlling him. You know, he's not allowed to do certain things. But, of course, when he actually is burnt, um, he's lit up the cigarette and he starts to smoke it. But then he does have that flashback of what she used to do to him when, obviously, when he was younger. Donald, come here. No, Mother. You're a bad boy. You're evil and you must be punished. No, Mother, please don't. I promise I'll be good. Come here, I said. No, Mother, please, no. Your father let you do things like that, but he's gone now. Of course, in that scene, we actually saw is that his mother would light the gas oven and then burn the evil out of him by putting his wrists over the fire. So it's it's very, very hardcore sort of scene to, to witness, but that's, you know, her punishment to him. Now, we do find out that his father left when he was five. Now, when we saw that scene, this kid was would have been about seven. So, you know, but she is a real sadistic bitch. She really is. Um, but of course, as, as I said, you know, he's got this mixed excitement that she's She's, you know, she's dead. He's finally free from her. But alternately, he fears that, that you know, he's going to be left alone. What is he going to do now? He's He doesn't have his mother to rely on him. He can't rely on his mother. What, so it's almost like, you know, you, you're associating with your captor. Your captor's been there for you. They'll be, you know, brutal to you, but they'll also be, you're, you're relying on them for your, their, you know, your comfort. So unfortunately, this whole thing is going backwards and forwards in Donnie's mind. And um, then we do hear that he starts to hear a disembodied voice in the house that seemed to be hers. So it's like, and this is never really, it's never really explained what voice he hears because it's the sound editing on this movie, unfortunately, there's a couple parts of the movie where, like, with one instance, Donnie's friend and uh, Donnie's boss is in an elevator and they're actually talking, but the sound of the elevator is overriding the the actual, um, obviously the talking, and uh, we can't actually understand what the hell they're talking about. We capture a little bit of the, the dialogue here and there, but it's not very well edited. Same sort of situation with this. The disembodied voices don't actually give us a clear indication of what they're actually talking to Donnie about. So we're sort of like having to strain to hear what 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 are they saying? What did what did they just say? So it's you know, really very hard to understand sometimes. So the following day, Donnie calls in sick to work and spends the night lining an upstairs room with aluminium, effectively fireproofing it. Now, once again, we don't know why he's doing this. I mean, his mother is dead. Okay, and he was burnt as a kid. Okay, why are you line, lining this whole place with you know, aluminium, why are you fireproofing this room? Well, we find out that that night Donnie visits a flower shop right before closing and has sold flowers for his mother by the florist named Kathy. Now, 
he goes in and he does, he has that ruse, like, uh, you know, she's already closed, she's locked up for the night, got the clothes sign up, he's knocking on the door saying, oh, I just need some flowers for my mother, and she's like, well, we're closed, and he goes, look, I don't care what you give me, just anything that's already available, and she's like, okay, so she gives him this, you know, bunch of flowers, and she, and he, she says, you know, I hope she's going to be okay, and he's like, oh, she'll be fine, and he gets in the car and drives off, but unfortunately, outside the shop, Donnie witnesses Kathy missing her bus before some hangaround guys are actually starting to, um, you know, trying to chat her up but being very aggressive in that. They're being obnoxious, unfortunately. So Donnie offers her a ride and she accepts. Of course, Donnie talks Kathy into meeting his mother because he's like, well, you know, you've gave me this flower, these flowers and mother's going to be so grateful to you. So would you like to come and meet her? And she's like, well, no, not really. And he's like, well, look, I, if I could just drop these home to mother... You know, then, and he always says mother. This is the whole thing. It's not mom. It's not mum. It's just, it's mother. But he, he always says, you know, look, if I can just drop these home to mother, and then that way we can put them in water, it'll be fine. Then I'll just drop you home. It's just around the corner. And she's like, oh, okay, all right, fine. So, so she does accept, but she grows, ner grows starts to grow nervous once she's inside and attempts to call a taxi because she's like, you know, do you think I can just call a taxi? And he's like, well, I'll just be a moment. I'm just going to put these flowers in some water and give them to, to mother. And then he does say to her, look, you know, how about, would you like to stay for a drink? Would you like to stay for dinner? And he's, she's like, look, I just want to go home. I've had a very busy day at work. I just want to go home. And, and he's like, okay, okay, I'll go get my car keys and we will, you know, we'll go. And then he comes back and he says, well, you know, I, I'd really love you to stay for a drink. And she's like, look, I, okay, you are not going to take me. That's fine. How about I just call a cab? And he's like, okay, fine. Go and call a cab. So she starts calling the cab. Unfortunately, Donnie manages to incapacitate her by knocking her across the head with, now I don't know what it was, like a, it was a piece of steel. I don't know what it was because it doesn't actually show. It wasn't like, you know, a vase or anything. She just gets knocked out. You know, that's all we, all we can see. Kathy, unfortunately, regains consciousness and finds herself naked and chained to the ceiling of the metal walled room. So that's the that's the scene that people were saying was very, very hard to watch. And Donnie enters the room. Now, as we had seen when he was going to the flower shop, before he got to the flower shop, he walked past like a, a sporting goods department. And in the window, it happened to be a real um, fire retardant suit, something that you would actually wear if you were a firefighter. You know, from head to toe, you know, it's fire resistant. So he's got that on and he walks in and we don't even know why, where the hell he got this goddamn flamethrower from, but he walks in with a flamethrower and unfortunately he douses her with gasoline and burns her alive using the flamethrower. The following day, Donnie fails to show up for work and instead kidnaps a stranded female motorist. Now she's, you know, and this whole thing, this 91 minutes goes pretty quickly as far as all the things that is happening. Then it slows down because there's just a lot of talking <laughs> goes through. But we do see that, um, you know, Donnie is driving down the road, and he happens to see this poor woman just sitting on the side of the road in her in her vehicle. And uh, it's broken down, she can't go anywhere, but he, he pulls up alongside of her and, again, asks her, would you like would you like a, a lift? And he, she's like, yes, I'd love one. I, could you please take me to a, to a gas station so I can get someone to come and tow the car? And she's like, yep, no. He's like, yeah, no worries, that's fine. Again, unfortunately, murders her by flamethrowing her in this uh, in this room. So after he's ended up by flamethrowing this poor woman, he ends up by repeating the same scenario by singeing his mother's corpse before dressing it in her clothing. 
Of course, then Donnie ends up by repeating the same murder scenario that night with Linda. And the, Linda happens to be a woman that he assails at a grocery store. And, and he comes over to her like, you know, she's just buying some groceries and she's about to check out. And he really, he stops her and says, look, you know, can I take you out? Can I get you dinner? Can I buy you a drink? This and that. So he's really trying to get her to come back to the house with her, with him. And of course, you know, she's like, no, I'm not interested. But we do see that, unfortunately, he ends up by uh, accosting her outside, knocking her out, taking her back to the house. And we see that he, once again, flamethrowers this poor woman in the uh, in this room. He then ends up by arranging her alongside his mother and the other two female victims. And, of course, at this stage, before he brings the... Um, before he brings his mother into this room, he ends up by starting to yell at, yelling at her about you know what he's you know what he's done. Don't you know? Don't argue with me, mother. And then of course we hear uh, some laughing in the other room, and he then goes in to start yelling at the corpses and explains to them that you know his father used to hide some alcohol around the house because he needed it. And, you know, he does the same thing now, even though he doesn't need to do it anymore. But the fact is he starts yelling at his mother, who is obviously a singed corpse sitting in her chair in the uh, in her bedroom. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I said? Don't you ever talk to me like that! That's better. Don't make me do anything bad, mother. <laughs> You laughing at me? You think I'm crazy for talking to my mother like that? You don't know what she did. You aren't here. Nobody was here. I spent my whole life in this house. With her. I was five when my father left me. She hated him. So she hated me. He was too big to push around. He was a big man, much bigger than me. But he took a lot of abuse from her. See this? He needed it, you know? Used to hide it. I have it now. still high out of respect for him now whether donnie's uh, mental state has ever been there at all is certainly up for debate because he is starting to lose it big time and as this stage we hear the phone ring and and this guy ben who's donnie's co-worker and is is a really great friend of donnie's you know he's the one that stands up for him and you know he says okay you know you weren't able to to help that guy on fire but it's all okay it's all good don't worry about it you know he rings him that night and warns him that their boss will fire donnie if he doesn't show if he doesn't show up for work again and he's like um yeah i'm gonna be, definitely be there monday but i'm i'm I, i'm gonna pr definitely try but i'm not sure but i definitely try it's like you know, Donnie, if you don't go to work, you are going to get fired. So meanwhile, unfortunately, Donald is, is haunted by the apparition, apparitions of his burnt mother throughout the house. And as I said, this is where it's very much on the same line as Psycho is that we're we're seeing you know we're instead of we instead of hearing his mother's voice we're actually seeing his mother's apparition it only happens a couple of times but it's very very startling a couple of times when you do see that um and we do see that now Donnie spends hours 
regaling stories of his life to the four corpses he's arranged and posed in, in chairs in a bedroom. And of course, it's like, this is where you start to think to yourself that maybe, you know, your mental state is going downhill dramatically because he actually even hears them while he's talking to them. He actually hears them one, uh, one of them giggle and he does start to attack one of them as in like a physically assault them. But it's, it's very much long now. Uh, I think Donnie's mental state and he's definitely out of there. You laugh. What do you know? She used to say I was the reason things weren't working out. When my father was here, he used to protect me. When he left, I had no one. She made every day of my life a nightmare. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. She'd be standing over me, screaming, screaming like a mad woman. You understand? Hey, you're not listening to me. You're not paying attention to a word I'm saying. You're all witches, selfish in vain. Except you, the new one, the different. You try to be nice. You try to listen to me. <laughs> Don't you dare laugh at me. I won't stand for impudence from any of you. That's the trouble. I've taken too much crap in my life. That's all changed now. No more of that for Donnie Cola. Vito, that bum down at work, tried to push me around, but I stood up to him. I beat the hell out of him. <laughs> Should have seen him. Whimpering when I was finished with and all the guys came up to me and congratulated me and thanked me for putting him in his place. None of them could do it, but I did. He won't try to do it to me again. I'll push his face in. Now, unfortunately, a lot of what he actually says is absolutely incorrect. I mean, he it was he did not stand up to his boss. He did not beat the living hell out of them. I mean, this this whole thing of you know people were congratulating him and being you know well done, putting the boss into his place that didn't happen. And I think this is where the the mental illness comes from in a great way because you know he is so disjointed from reality that he's starting to think of all the things that he actually is doing and not doing. They're all meshing into one. So you know sitting there sitting there talking to uh, dead corpses, um, which are singed beyond recognition and trying to explain to them and hearing you know hearing them laughing at them uh, at him and stuff like that yeah his reality is certainly blurred between reality and um the fantasy world that he's now living in so much so that donnie ends up by going to his local priest to discuss to basically discuss the nature of, of evil and he wants to say and he does end up by saying to um, father garrity that his mother repeatedly burnt him to rid him of the so-called evil and he actually shows him um this, the burn marks on his arms which are pretty severe i mean as i said this movie is not 
It's not blood, guts, gore, and horror. You know, you don't get to see the person flamethrowed because the, the flame just goes towards the camera. The charred uh, corpses, they don't look very good at all. They almost look like they're store-bought. <laughs> sort of, sort of, I mean, as I said, 1979-1980 obviously was not a good uh, year for props to make it look you know, realistic. So, I don't know. There are parts of this movie that you sit there and go, uh-huh. When's the when's the horror starting? So, and you know, as I said, this is a, a psychological horror. So, just bear with me on this one. If you want to go and watch this movie, by all means, as I said, it's on YouTube. So we see the next day that uh, Donnie accepts a his friend Bob's invitation to go on a double date at a disco, and this is where you see Donnie go to try and get you know some clothes because he wants to find out what you know hip people are wearing at uh, discos, and so we we see a very very. Yeah, it's a very questionable outfit that he that he wears to the disco. So when Donnie's date tries to pull him onto the dance floor, she inadvertently brushes his arm over the table's lit candle, and unfortunately, this triggers the memory of his child abuse that he uh, suffered with his mother. And so much so that Donnie then smashes the candle holder onto her head, setting her on fire, um, or set her at least at least setting her hair on fire. And so this stage that he runs out of the um, disco, and unfortunately he starts to get beaten up by um, one of the girl, one of the uh, the dates, the girl that actually ended up by um, he burnt a little bit. Her brother comes over and beats the living shit out of him, and he actually ends up by running away from him to get away from the situation that, that's going to ensue, which is he's going to get beaten the shit out of even further. So en route home, he manages to encounter two drunk women who he convinces to come home with him. Now, I don't know what he was going to convince them for, like, you know, whether there was going to be a little menage that was going to happen. I don't know. Come on, girl. Now, of course, as we go along, we see that Donnie has managed to capture both of the girls and puts them into, or at least puts one of them into the, the room that he's going to flamethrower um, them. Of course, one of the other girls happens to go into the room where, they, where she sees the arranged corpses sitting in the, in the chair, and she's like, oh my god, he manages to come up behind her and grab a hold of her and throws her into this room and hog ties her there, so she's now going to be in this room ready to get uh, barbecued and, uh, and deep fried, unfortunately. So Bobby tries to find Donnie and meets Father Garrity on his way to Donnie's house. When no one answers the front door, they break it down, and luckily they manage to rescue the two women, not before Donnie has gone into the room where the corpses are and uh, wants to explain to the other corpses that you're going to have some company. You're going to be having some company, and I want you to be nice to them. I don't want to see any of that girlish jealousy. Now you all know there are certain things I will not stand for. And one of them is lying! I tried being nice! But every one of you took advantage! Now, you're going to have to pay the price. So as we see that uh, both Father Garrity and Bobby end up by breaking down the door and rescuing these two girls. As we see, Donnie comes out from one of the rooms and sets Father Garrity ablaze with his flamethrower, but luckily Bobby manages to put him out and rescues him and rescues the girls. Tony, Donnie ends up by taking refuge in his mother's bedroom, and the voices express their disappointment in him, and the burned corpses suddenly come to life and attack him. He frantically fires them off, but unfortunately dies as they drag him to the floor as the house starts to burn down around him. 
So we think to ourselves, okay, that is that is it. That's the end of Donnie. Well, then sometime later, we meet a little boy by the name of Michael who watches a news report about Donnie's death. Now, this last scene is pretty hardcore because it is to do with um, a child getting <laughs> abused quite a lot. And I'm not, certainly not... Um, certainly not laughing in any any stretch of the imagination it's just it's a very graphic part of the movie where we're seeing this kid getting really scolded and beating is being beaten for not turning off the tv and of course when she leaves the room suddenly michael hears the same voices as donnie did and they tell him that they have come to help him and this is all that remained of the kohler house which burned down last night Firefighters uncovered five Michael, bodies, one of which was identified as Donald Kohler. Authorities have labeled the fire suspicious. Michael, did you hear what I said? I said to get upstairs and clean your room! Michael! Michael, turn off the TV! Don't you ever ignore me! Don't you disobey me! How dare you! I am your mother! Don't you ever ignore me! Michael! The movie then pushes in on Michael for what seems like an extraordinary long amount of time. The movie then goes black. We see the credits. And that is the end of Don't Go in the House. Look, as I said to you, it is not going to be a movie that you'll probably want to revisit time and time again. It's a interesting psychological horror film. It doesn't have a lot of blood, guts, gore, and horror. You don't get to see any flamethrowing. Um, you know, you just it's 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 implied. It's not shown. So I guess nineteen seventy nine slash nineteen eighty was a a part of horror movies where you were able to be you would see it kind of, but you have to think that it was actually happening with the screaming and that sort of stuff. But you don't really get to see it. And I think the the corpses themselves was sort sort of like yeah, they were interesting looking, but they were not convincing at all in any in any way shape or form but look you know on a scale of zero to five buckets of blood zero being how do i get the last 99 minutes of my life back to five it was a perfect movie and i'd watch it all over again i'm giving it a two out of five unfortunately that's all i can do because it is really not the greatest uh, i've ever seen as i said the trailer sucked me in that's what got me interested in doing the movie Outside of that, I've seen the movie. I'm glad I watched it, but I won't be re revisiting it anytime soon. I don't think, if ever. <laughs> Look, before we get finished on this podcast, we have to do Paul's Fun Facts. <laughs> so there certainly are some very interesting parts of this movie with regards to um, trivia that I'll certainly get to. So the actresses who played the Burns victims were dancers chosen because they were the same height as the actresses playing the victims, but significantly slimmer in build. This is because when the human body is subjected to burns, it shrinks due to a loss of fluid. That's a very interesting one. Now this one is a little bit longer, so bear with me. So the house used in this film is now the museum headquarters of the Atlantic Highlands Historical Society in New Jersey. It was falling into disrepair at the time of filming, and shortly after, in 1980, the town condemned it and slated it for demolition. That was when the local historical society took action and purchased the property. 
It is now called the Strauss Mansion Museum, named from Adolf Strauss, who had the house built in 1893. There are exhibits in every room ranging from local history to Victorian displays. The restoration work is still ongoing after all these years due to the massive amounts of money through donations that are needed. However, the house is still there and not too much has changed. Some of the rooms are recognisable from the movie, while others may not be because of display cases. The Society usually shows the film in the house in October as part of their month of Halloween events. The location is open every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4pm April through December. Admission is free and is located at 27 Prospect Circle, Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. So if you guys are in those in that neighbourhood, hey, go and have a look at the house because it is still standing and you can still tour it and it is free, which is even better. Now, Dan Garamaldi, the one who actually plays Donny, kept the asbestos suit he wears in the movie, which is actually pretty good, I think. This film was also selected by Quentin Tarantino for the first Quentin Tarantino Film Fest in Austin, Texas in 1996. Okay, so there is some, some you know, uh, credence to the fact that there are some people that actually do like this movie. Now, apparently, the second film in what is informally known as the Don't series um, happened after this movie. The next one was, it came out a month after this movie. It was called Don't Answer the Phone in 1980. And before, Don't Go Into the Woods Alone in 1981. So I didn't even realize this was one of three series. And just one final one, just to wrap it up. This movie was actually shot in a month and a half. And it actually does show. <laughs> because it's very, very rough. So much so that there are some dubbing things that they had to do. And apparently also that the... Um, one of the things the the soundtrack was actually less less than up to date equipment was done and the soundtrack in its entirety had to be re-recorded and redubbed so there were certainly some issues with this movie and look for two hundred fifty thousand dollars you're working on a shoestring budget right then and there so you know you're doing the best you can but what they did come up with was okay as i said it wasn't great and it was very much along the same line as psycho so if you do what do watch this movie you will certainly see some distinctive um resemblance to psycho look thank you very much once again for coming to visit me at the horror crypt podcast remember if you want to reach out to me horrorcrypt 2022 at gmail.com give me some suggestions of movies guys i'd love to find out what you guys are watching if there's things that you think i'd like to watch or you'd like me to do a movie that you recommend please hit me up on that one and i will definitely watch the movie and give you a shout out and that will be your movie as I said, thank you very much for coming to visit me, the Horror Crypt Podcast. And I will say, like I say every single week, and I say it one more time before next week's movie, I will creep you later. It's so cool. You get to stay up all night drinking blood. And if you say you're a vampire, you get a free small soda at the movies. No! No! Lisa, it's not like you have a choice here. How many times have I told you not to bite your sis? Wait a minute! You are a vampire! Quick! We have to kill the boy! How'd you know he's a vampire? He's a vampire? Ah! <laughs> Homer, we gotta do something. Today he's drinking people's blood. Tomorrow he could be smoking. <laughs>